Motivation, information, inspiration. It's the follow up. What is uh, optometry? When someone says that they're going to optometry, for someone who doesn't understand what, like, that word, like, they may have never even seen it, what does that mean, like, to someone that's just hearing it for the first time? What, what should they know about optometry? All right. So most people get misconstrued that optometrists um, are people who just do glasses. Um, there's a very common misconception that opticians are optometrists uh, and opticians are, in fact, the people who work in your optical dispensary who work specifically with you either on the retail end of glasses or they select the frames. Um, they can talk through a an actual detailed uh, conversation of what, for lack of better terms, bells and whistles can be added to your glasses. Um, that's what the optician's role is, is to really put into a pair of glasses the most ideal um, specs as far as the type of lens material, um, any specific coatings, and knowing how you should apply um, different aspects of your glasses to certain visual um, desires or visual expectations. For optometry, we treat, we manage, and we diagnose uh, ocular conditions. So we have a more broad scope um, range of, of how we do things uh, outside of just glasses and prescriptions for glasses or contact lenses. We do actually treat disease. We manage and, and follow disease over a course of time, um, giving us certainly a greater range of responsibility versus uh, somebody saying, oh, you just, you're the one who does the glasses. Um, we have certainly far greater responsibility than just a pair of glasses being um, dispensed or a contact lens prescription being given. Right, because I think a lot of people can get it misconstrued that an eye doctor, like you said, just, hey, I go there to get my glasses, but as you just detailed so uh, eloquently, it's definitely a lot more layers uh, that are are on top of it, under it, all around it, from what it sounds like. So my question to you would be, what was the what what was your first um, exposure, or what was or the person who told you about it? How did you first get interested in that particular field? So optometry was something I never had any encounter with. I had never had an eye exam before. Uh, nobody in my family, immediate family, wore glasses. So I didn't have exposure to the actual profession until I was in college. I was a sophomore uh, in a micromolecular biology um, major coursework program. And so the technical, I guess, term would be like a pre-med course. Um, that you go through your series of biology courses and things to put you on a, a pre-med track. And so one of the courses consisted of an elective that introduced medical professions to students to allow you to have better um, understanding of what these uh, physicians were doing in their day-to-day -day, uh, workplaces and to allow you to uh, take a, a deeper look into each particular career choice. So um, one day, an optometrist came and spoke to us, and what he said really resonated with me as far as the type of career profession that I would like to uh, maybe pursue based on some of the flexibility of the career, um, based on the low 
stress demand um, of the type of career that it is. It wasn't um, like I'm rushing into an ER um, emergency right, room right. to see a trauma patient. Mm-hmm. So it was something that allowed you to have a life kind of a nine to five where you still could um, live very freely outside of your occupation, um, but still have a very um, critical role in the overall health of a patient. So I thought that that was pretty unique. And I looked at the longevity of the type of career, um, considering that everybody has eyes, everybody wants to have vision that they can appreciate right. to see things that um, maybe others can't. And so um, I really latched on to that and thought it would be interesting to to look into optometry as a career choice that would work for me. Okay, that that's that's great. And a lot of the, the show is, you know, really catered towards first generation, uh, first year college students, but specifically um, African-American students. And my question to you from your story, was this optometrist that came to visit, was this someone that was that was an African-American as well? Was this person of another race? No, the gentleman was a white man. um, Mm -hmm. And at that time, probably even more so uh, than now, the profession of optometry is is predominantly um, Caucasian for Mm -hmm. both men and women. Uh, A lot of the physicians that are in the the profession now um, that are of color or are ethnic uh, ethnic to some degree, uh, we do still try to strive and reach out to um, create that awareness or grow that awareness, uh, make ourselves visible to the young black population mm-hmm. um, as they're pursuing, pursuing careers or as they're aspiring to um, seek certain professions um, and really kind of make their own legacy. So um, for him, he was not anybody who I could immediately relate to uh, from a race standpoint. Right. But, mm-hmm. And that's where um, I'm going with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but, um, I-, I certainly didn't let that present any kind of barrier or alter my mindset as to um, the profession being something that I couldn't achieve um, if I didn't put in the same work that anybody else who would be um, in my position uh, moving forward would do. Right. And so I I ask that because uh, in the black community, we have this, um, you know, it's kind of like that, you know, you see it. Hey, this person, you know, it looks like all the athletes are black. All of the rappers and music artists are black. And so I think a lot of people look at it like, well, I guess this is kind of what black people do. So for for because I want to get to your mindset, like regarding when you saw this white man, how were you able to see yourself in that same position, even though that person didn't actually look like yourself? Right. Um, I believe nowadays, especially in our society and with how um, we're so much into kind of almost this follower mentality where Mm -hmm. um, you see something, you want to do it or you're swayed a lot by um, things that people are portraying, whether or not they have any kind of validity to them or not. Mm -hmm. Um, But I removed myself from any thought process that um, I was unable to achieve any level of higher education or success. Um, all I saw was a goal that if I wanted to be a doctor, there was nothing stopping me but myself. Um, and that it only took the right type of dedication, um, and persistence, um, through coursework and time management, um, making sure that I was doing everything that needed to be done to, 
make myself competitive or at least put myself in the best position to um, be looked at as an equal without um, relying on race to um, open up any doors. So um, I really just put it all down to to work ethic. And if it was something I truly desired to have, the only person that would really stop me from achieving it would be myself. Okay. Now, so when you saw this person, they it popped in your mind like, man, I see myself doing this. This uh, You did your research, too, as well, from what I'm hearing. Absolutely. Sounds like you did a lot of research. Can you let's first talk about that, because I think that's a very important uh, point that because you said that, you know, you looked at the low level of stress. Uh, you're not rushing to, a tr- you know, emergency rooms or, you know, victims in there with life threatening um you know emergencies how what was the process of your like and and when i say process i'm talking your mindset like why were you doing the research can you tell us why you were doing that research yeah so at the time that uh this particular physician came to speak to us um i had maybe jumbled a, a couple of professions in my head um i was an athlete in high school and so first coming in I really actually had latched on to the idea of maybe going into sports medicine, um, something that would keep me in and around sports or more specifically football, which was uh, very near and dear to the heart, strong passion of mine. Um, And then as I kind of deviated from that, um, I thought maybe a little bit more, um, I guess, broad scale or at least more attentive to physiology and and exactly what types of conditions I may want to treat. Mm-hmm. So I actually even played with the thought of like a cardiovascular surgeon and, and something that was very um, hands-on. And that was maybe what kind of uh, brought me back a little bit from thinking, maybe I don't want to be that involved with anything um, that will require my um, expertise at any given moment of the day where, again, my life might be ruled by work. And so that's where I, I landed on something that had a little bit more um, of a relaxed environment. And that um, is where I latched on to the idea that optometry might be right for me. So um, I sought an optometrist out in the area um, mm. in Orlando while I was in school. Okay. Because I figured the best way to really understand the profession and understand whether it was anything like what had been described during that particular um, lecture session um, I could tell firsthand whether I would like it. And depending on the interactions I had maybe with the doctor or, um, observing within the exam room what took place on a normal day, uh, that would let me know whether I could confirm or um, sway my, my opinions or thoughts as to whether optometry would be something I would still want to do, yeah. um, knowing that I had still coursework left to um, complete before I would be able to Uh, make the next step of taking an entrance test or doing some kind of special standardized testing. Absolutely. And, and, and you're hitting on such a strong point and something that here on the follow up, we emphasize a lot. It's about knowledge and experience. And you actually gathered both of those in order to make a decision. You did the research, which gave you more knowledge, but you also went up, went to actually experience it hands on by reaching out to a local, um, optometrist in the city you were in in order to get that experience with which actually gives you even more knowledge and helps you makes that make that decision i mean this is the absolute blueprint of 
gathering knowledge and experience and how it will help you move forward. And I just think that is that's you you did it absolutely perfectly. And that's great. So someone who wants to follow in your footsteps now, okay? They're in say they're in college mm-hmm. right now and they're thinking about, hey, you know, I'm watching this video. I've done some re- some research myself as well. Besides uh, the online research and, uh, you know, working with a, a doctor that's actually in the profession, are, is there any other advice that you would give someone to help give them a better perspective about the field of optometry specifically um, in order just for them to gather some more information? Is there anything else that you would recommend that uh, someone who may be aspiring to be in your same position would do? Yeah, I mean, first I would say look at what the profession would mean to you and and what uh, values you feel you could uh, best benefit from or uh, feel most rewarded about um, from pursuing that particular profession. Uh, In my case, like I said, it was something where I never had any encounters. I never um, had any eyeglasses or anything, but um, the blessing of of clear perfect vision waking up every day and and going out into the world and um being able to in this now position of of being an optometrist um provide patients who don't have the same quality of vision or who find their vision deteriorating to be able to give them um renewed sight was um something that kind of had a wow factor to it that made me uh think that it was a profession that I would want to be in for long term that it each and every day I could uh, get something back for something that I gave to them. So um, you have to sometimes maybe look outside of yourself, look for what the profession that you're seeking does for um, those in your community or those that may come after you, um, depending on the legacy that you intend to set. Um, maybe just how they uh, influence our society in general and how they uh, coexist or how they interact and and manage with um, other specialists or other um, major uh, professionals. And so um, there can be a multifactorial approach to it, or it could be something very personal um, and endearing to you that might lead you down that path. But um, you certainly don't want to just latch on to one particular aspect. You maybe want to Um, explore as many facets as possible Mm -hmm. um, as to how that can change your life and maybe others um, once you find yourself in that particular path um, where you're coming in contact with new people or new patients or new clients every day. Wow. Great. Great. I think that's great advice. Absolutely great advice. When let's let's segue now into after college, I think a lot of, and this is just my personal opinion, and also just from experience, when talking with students, it's it's not that they don't have the goal, it's the journey to reach the goal. And when it comes to the medical profession, it's it's always looked upon as this profession that you that is like, hey, you're going to, it's going to be difficult, it's going to be hard, you're you're not. Like it's going to be tough. Like it's only a small percentage can do this. And that's kind of the the message that's put out there in the world. Let's talk about your actual process of getting into medical school, medical school first. Then let's talk about when you were actually in medical school so we can kind of walk everyone through this story. So 
when you you decide to be an optometrist and you graduated and you started applying, let's talk about your application process. What like let's talk kind of what was your mindset going in and also too just how many schools did you apply to? Um, did you get into the school that you really wanted? Uh, just kind of talk to us about the application process and before you actually received any letters of acceptance, just how was that process? What was your mindset at that time? Right. So um, typically the customary way to, to go about applying for any kind of medical or professional school um, is during your junior year of college, you most oftentimes um, try to start studying, get your uh, pre-testing strategies in order, do any kind of uh, preparatory classes or courses that you want to do, um, taken care of so that you can take your test maybe in the third year um, of college. And then that gives you uh, either a baseline to let you know where you have to, to build on weak areas. Um, or if you study enough and do quite well, then you're kind of all set and you can just make sure that you coast through your fourth year of college without having um, anything that steers you off the path. It may be your opening to um, allowing you to do other things volunteer-wise or um, just go out and volunteer um, or shadow and um, kind of just build up a, a nice foundation while you are, know you already have um, all of your application materials set with the scores and, and GPA and everything that you need. Um, but in my case, I actually didn't do um, my pretest or um, test prep strategies during my third year. I waited until my fourth year, and I actually was pretty close to graduation, mm -hmm. um, only because I, I felt that um, with the way I study and the way I like to prepare, I like to have my mind focused on one isolated thing at a time, especially if it's something um, weighted as heavily as an a entrance, entrance exam um, or a, an exam that's going to be standardized to get me into a school. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to have kind of full focus on that. Um, and so I took my test uh, called the OAT, the optometry admissions test for getting into optometry school first during the latter part of my last year in college, um, in which case I received a, a rather mediocre score. Um, but I took it without any st uh, study prep or anything. I just wanted to get a feel of uh, kind of the tension and the uh, nature of the test and kind of mm -hmm. see how my timing was just to, to give myself an idea. And so after that, I um, got involved with, a, I think it was a Kaplan course or study course mm -hmm. um, where I could progress along my own rate and uh, get myself um, prepared for the next time that I would go and take the test. And so I did that and coincidentally enough, uh, under my own guidance going through the coursework, um, I got the same exact score. Some uh, of the scores in areas <laughs> increased, others where I was strong before um, dropped a little bit. Okay. So um, <clears throat> it wasn't really a kind of aha moment or like a, a rewarding kind of mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. celebratory experience where I just had this sudden elevation of all my scores to get this this new high score mm -hmm. um, that was going to be looked at and, and marveled upon by anybody who was reading my application. So um, knowing that I still was uh, about to embark on a, a very competitive um, application process, I took it yet a third time um, after doing some more prep. Um, and actually, the prep was, was rather spaced out uh, because I'd had some 
um, personal things that had taken place within that time. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So it was maybe a, a more elongated um, course of study. And so the very last time that I um, took the test, I was actually working in an ophthalmologist's office. Um, and again, trying to just keep myself in the mindset that uh, this is something that you will achieve and you just have to stay focused on it. So yeah. um, I took it one more time, uh, maybe about a year or so removed from college. Um, at this point, I was graduated. Uh, and wouldn't you know, I got the same score a third time. So <laughs> oh, wow. it was wow. it was kind of amusing at that point. OK, um, so three, I, I three different methods, score. pretty much, <laughs> but came to the same s- score. Uh, right. But there are three uh, unique methods that you would, you know, because and I really like the first one too. just kind of your mindset in the sense of, hey, let me go in here and just kind of see. It's kind of like, you know, hey, I like I like say you're looking for to buy a house and it's like you're looking from the outside like hmm, that house looks nice. Well, let me go in here. Let me go inside and just take a look real quick before I make this you know, before I really get, you know, make that final uh, or sign the dotted line, I should say, you right. know. So I think that was uh, amazing. And then the second time you said you did do some test prepping um, and strategies, got the same score. And then the third time, uh, you know, your your test prep time is a little more like, as you said, a long elongated, uh, which basically means, it, you know, an extended amount of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and, and you still got the same score. And what would you say to someone who's, who says that? Because my first thought is, well, if you don't have to study and I, I'll get the same score, well, why am I going to study? What would you say to somebody who would say that? I would say that there are strategies in place by professionals or people who are in the test taking atmosphere who know how to key you in on certain ways to address questions, ways to um, go about answering um based on deductions from um, certain options and choices that can uh, potentially increase your success or your rate of um, answering questions correctly. Um, There are people that can maybe help assist you in in areas where you're weak, where if you are weak studying by yourself and there's nobody there to guide you or give you uh, maybe new insight on how to solve or go about certain problems, um, you'll continue to be weak without that extra bit of guidance or advice on how to solve a problem. So mm. um, in doing everything by yourself, it can be um, a little bit difficult unless you plan to um, just always be in the books and uh, researching outside of um, the study materials that are provided on how to do certain problems. Um, you have to think you're looking at a whole four years of, of work that you've um, just recently completed and now you're taking a test that has some material that's older maybe um, than what you just most recently studied. And so you're trying to recall a lot of um, maybe archaic information um, mm-hmm. compared to what you've just recently learned in your last year of school or depending on uh, when you took certain courses. And so um, it certainly can help to have somebody either outline or create a a blueprint for how to study, Mm -hmm. um, but then also being able to to have somebody as a resource or a reference um, so that they can maybe give you little tips or tricks to um, help you miss those questions that you may not otherwise get if you um, only were to study by yourself. Got it. Got it. So and and so to sum that up, you would highly recommend that you if you're looking to get into this field, that you 
take advantage of those test prep strategies because of those reasons you just gave. Correct. Oh, no question. No question. Great. Great. Okay. Great. Great. Okay. Great. So let's now transition. Now, at first, what what's the medical school that you attended? Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that school? Yeah. So I went to the New England College of Optometry. Um, it actually was not my first choice school. Um, okay. I applied to. Uh, I want to say three, maybe four schools. Um, I think the fourth school, I actually missed the deadline because, again, I maybe wasn't as on top of my time management um, as I should have been. And so um, that kind of sparked a little bit more um, initiative kind of uh, action uh, on my part. Let a little fire fire up under you, huh? (laughs) Right, exactly, (laughs) because when you realize that, if you miss a cycle, like you have to wait an entire year for the next cycle to start up and you don't really oh, wow. have okay. that time to feel like you have to make sure you're getting. So deadline. So, so make sure you hit those deadlines for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have to hit these deadlines because schools are not waiting for you. And there's hundreds of other applicants, um, even thousands where right. um, you may not be able to get your application in in enough time that they're going to even consider yours. So um, I applied to three schools. I got interviews with um, two. The other was in Chicago at uh, Illinois College of Optometry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went on the visit with them. Um, I actually didn't get accepted there. Um, I went to the school that I attended. Uh, I was the very last interview that they accepted wow. um, for the entire interview process. And wow. I think I was uh, I was there as the only sole, uh, solo interviewee. Um, everybody else had done a group interview and I was there solo by myself, um, as the last person to come through. And it was maybe not even a week and a half later that I received a envelope and package, uh, saying that I got accepted. And so I think it, it was more an act of God or by grace that I was, uh, accepted there. Absolutely. Because there is, there is Nova that's not too far down the street, but again, right. It's, it's close to home. Because you, you live in what state? What's, where do you, what state do you live in? I, I live in Florida. Um, oh, okay. I'm in Palm Beach County, so okay. South Florida. And so growing up, born and raised here, there's a lot of familiarity. I think removing me from a, a comfortable habitat was maybe the best thing for me to keep me focused, keep me driven so that I can go and handle my business. Take care of back. business because the school is in Boston, uh, correct? Yeah. Right. So I, okay. I went all the way up northeast, yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. So from Southeast to Northeast and uh, (laughs) yeah, because, and I, and I bring that up because I know a lot of students, you know, a lot of times either want to stay close to home. Some even want to stay close to maybe the college that they attended, uh, stay near that area. Uh, But I Mm -hmm. think that's a great point about getting away from what you're comfortable, your, your comfort zone in order so that you can, you know, heart, heart down and really focus on the, the task at hand. And so mm-hmm. I think that's some, some great advice for someone to take uh, from that. Now in medical school, right? You're now in school. You, you got your, your cohort, everybody's there. I don't want to, you know, I don't, if, if you could really just take us just in general through the, from all the years that you were there, talk to us about, the what was it about medical school maybe something that you thought was going to happen that didn't or something that you expected 
or, or that you thought was going to happen. It was just totally different. Was there anything about medical school that after you got in, you said, you know what? When I was applying, I was thinking it was this. But once I got here, I realized, you know what? It's actually this. <laughs> so is there anything like that about medical school that maybe you some preconceived notion that maybe was looked upon as like a challenge or something? Is there anything like that that you you can you can think of? For me, um, and again, going back to the whole race topic that we um, brushed over a little bit earlier, sure. um, mm -hmm. as far as that, um, the culture shock was probably the biggest thing um, okay. by far, just going and being immersed in a completely different uh, culture, city life, and, and having things um, kind of function completely different than what I was used to, mm -hmm. um, it created certain instances of, of frustration or um, kind of aggressiveness uh, on my part on, on how I dealt with certain situations mm -hmm. because um, I kind of had grown a, a connection to some of the things that I was familiar with growing up that now I was not to have at my disposal for three and a half years um, while being in school. And so um, to not have the same Relativity, relativity to certain things, not having um, any friends that uh, I could go hang out with, not having the same mm -hmm. types of um, establishments or outings or social <laughs> kind of things that I could look forward to um, right. outside of school and, and just not even getting a lot of time to um, do much outside of study, but go to the gym. That was about the most consistent thing that I did um, <laughs> yes, each and yes, every sir. day. So it was kind of my... <laughs> my decompression yeah. um, and the way yes, I kept sir. myself grounded. <laughs> but um, there was certainly the biggest thing was the difference in the culture and, and overall the, the pace and the, the way of life Absolutely. in the Absolutely. Northeast versus Florida. Absolutely. Um, and I'm laughing for anyone who's watching <laughs> or listening to this uh, because I myself am from Florida and am now in the Northeast completing a doctoral program as well. So I can attest to all of those sentiments regarding the culture shock. Uh, nothing like South Florida at all. Um, not really having your friends, but look, having those activities to kind of decompress and kind of center yourself back. Uh, and, and I think it is a process because, as you say, you say got aggressive. And, you know, I'll use the word sometimes I was just I was just pissed because right. it's just not. Um, it's not what I'm accustomed to and you get accustomed to this way of life but as with anything with growth you have to grow not only you know your your body obviously over the time is going to change but your mind also has to develop and it and I'm sure speak on that actually what 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 did being up there by yourself what did it really teach you about yourself because I think that is probably you know, going to be something that people who are listening to this or watching this can really take with them. like being in this in a situation by yourself. What did you really learn about Dr. Butts? Um, I learned a lot about resilience. Um, I would say that uh, at my institution, being one of the only black males out of maybe three total um, wow. and being of uh probably the only one of African-American descent, I think 
there were other colored or pigmented males there. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) there was none that was just straight out Mm -hmm. African-American. And maybe not with the same uh, bravado or demeanor as myself. And so (laughs) um, sometimes I felt as though I was a little bit of a a target or uh, an attention getter um, based on my unorthodox I guess yeah. actions or, or mannerisms that right. had not yet been encountered. You, you, but you, you brought your culture to them, in <laughs> right? Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so I definitely stood out, but uh, I do feel that um, through standing out and knowing that eyes were on me, um, it made me work that much harder to right. not give them a reason to see me to fail. So, everything mm-hmm. that I could accomplish or, or pass or f- achieve with. Um, without having to repeat or, or make me look like I was incompetent to any degree um, versus my, my colleagues um, and classmates. Um, that was kind of my fuel to my fire, um, just making sure that I always showed that I, I belonged to where um, I was at that time and that they hadn't made a mistake by um, allowing somebody who maybe wasn't um, molded of the same type of clay that they had been used to by mm-hmm. um, previous matriculants. But um, again, I just wanted to go up there, be myself and, and achieve the goal I came for. So I wasn't really um, going for the friendship. I wasn't going for um, a lot of the extracurricular. Um, I intended to, to fully go up there and, and get my degree and, and come back um, as a doctor. And I didn't let anything kind of steer me or, or lead me astray from that. Um, and so it was really just about being resilient in all the different ways that I could have been um, mm-hmm. knocked off track or I could have been um, distracted and, and really just keeping my mind isolated and focused on the, the one um, goal that I sought out to achieve before I made it there. Right. And, and so that, that that's great. It's such a great um, story. And. One thing that you just mentioned in there that stood out to me was you used these two words. You said, you know, uh, be be yourself, that you were able to be yourself. And I think a lot of people feel as though that if I am going to reach these higher heights and, you know, if you want to say that I just can't I'm going to have to change completely Yes, you may have to, you know, adjust a few things just so that you can get things done correctly, but Mm -hmm. you are still able to be yourself. What would you say to someone who may be concerned about, you know, maybe like, oh, I want to stay true to myself. Uh, You know, in our community, we say uh, trying to keep it real, you know, not trying to (laughs) be a sellout. What would you say to, to someone who may think of something like that? I'd say that in any scenario, um, there are always going to be people who don't think of you as highly as you think of yourself, um, but you can't let those people influence how you behave um, or your ambition towards achieving a certain goal um, or doing something that you know you're capable of. Um, From day one, I've always known that I could be a doctor if I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And it sounds a bit arrogant, but that's Mm -hmm. how I've always approached it. Like there's... (laughs) Right. Nobody who can tell me I can't be a doctor if if I want to be a <laughs> if doctor. If you really so, want to be, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, in a way, it was a challenge to myself. Like you said, you want this, so now go get it. Um, <laughs> right. And so if... You're talking if, all that noise. <laughs> what's up? What's right. up? So what's if, going if down? you want to let somebody else <laughs> kind of throw you off your game because they feel they want to have an opinion and you don't have the, the 
wherewithal to kind of let those people be mad that you're making strides towards getting what you really want out of mm-hmm. life, um, then maybe you have to reconsider um, whether or not it's something you really want. Because if you can allow somebody else to tell you that you don't deserve something or to make them influence how hard you work towards something, mm-hmm. um, then you have to, to reassess yourself and then um, find out what it is that you either want truly or if you just need to kind of build up your courage to say that I'm not going to listen to anybody else and I know that this is what I want um, and I'm just going to make it happen because I know I can. Right, right. Wow, wow. Damn, that's powerful, man. That's real powerful. Uh, Dr. Butts, I just have two more questions for you um, and then we're out of here. Just two more questions. Okay. Uh, and this question is based around once after you became Dr. Butts, uh, you got your, your white coat, you are officially Dr. Charlton Butts, and you get your first um, position. You've now worked some time in that position. Uh, and I'm talking in the beginning phases. Mm-hmm. Were you, was it everything that you had anticipated? Or were there some things that you had, you know, realized like, wow. I mean, I th- similar to the earlier question, I thought it was going to be this, but it really turned out to be like this. Uh, mm-hmm. what, can you tell someone who was, you know, who's thinking about starting like like that when they start um, where their mindset needs to be and kind of what advice you would give for any optometrist that may just be starting out um, as an optometrist? So first and foremost, of that there's there's nothing sweeter than knowing you worked hard enough to earn your degree and you go in a workplace and you hear your, your patient call you doctor, like you <laughs> know that you've earned the right to have right. this, this credential. And so, um, there's a sense of, of pride in, uh, knowing that you've done the coursework, you've, um, completed your boards, you've now, um, been put in a place where you can serve your community or, um, see patients and, and offer your your highest level of service that you feel you're you're competent or capable of, mm-hmm. um, and so um, something that you may not be prepared for is that you always have to humble yourself and that you um, start out very green. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot that you don't know. And when you say green, um, what do you mean by that? Meaning, you know your clinical skills, but mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, you're in a business now. Um, and whether it's your business, whether you're working for an establishment, um, there are certain levels of responsibility um, as it relates to keeping that business running and successful um, that you now have to have some degree of, of knowledge about um, because you greatly influence whether or not your retention um, is at an all-time high or if it's something that's just piss poor, I guess, for lack of Mm -hmm. better words. Um, So you're always working to um, make yourself marketable and and keep everything around you um, in a premium quality setting. Um, And you have to learn things pretty quickly on the fly. Um, It goes to insurance. It goes to um, how you stock products in your... um, practice or um, the type of patient clientele right. that you have and uh, knowing who your competitors are or what 
types of uh, retailers are, are trying to steal your business. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, we have a hard time with um, outside retailers, 1-800-CONTACTS and Lens.com and things like that um, that make it hard for us to, to sell um, or see patients regularly mm-hmm. um, for their routine exams because they know that there are other um, easy ways out there that are more geared towards convenience versus overall health. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's something that's different. It's like you're always kind of transforming yourself. Um, nothing is ever really super consistent. Yeah. Um, and you always have to kind of you have to yeah. adjust on the fly type deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have to always kind of learn how to transform from one year to the next because you may be presented with an opportunity that you didn't see coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it starts all over again with learning how the ins and outs of that. Uh, particular position goes so in essence you're always learning like it's kind of like the schooling never stops right exactly I mean you still Mm -hmm. go to continuing education Mm -hmm. Um, you're still required to do a certain number of um, certain number of courses or course hours Um, Mm -hmm. you have certain things that you have to do within your practice that keep you um, relevant and within all the insurance uh, policy regulations or requirements in order so, to get paid so that you can have a paycheck. Um, so <laughs> oh, yeah, we want to make sure we get get a paycheck now. <laughs> yeah, so there's, there's a lot of things that, uh, again, just going in, you don't have anybody kind of holding your hand and walking you through. Right. Um, you sometimes very well may be thrown in the fire and you kind of have to uh, either extinguish it the best you can um, or you get burnt up as it as it gets bigger right right wow okay man i mean that's some great advice and i think you you gave a lot of inside information about what it what being an optometrist all entails uh it's and i think a lot of people think uh when they go to the eye doctor it's just the doctor you know they come in do the exams and keep it moving but from what you just described it's a lot more uh entailed in the overall operations of running a not not just only being an optometrist but running an uh optometry uh i'm hope i'm saying this right optometry uh practice practice. right right so Mm -hmm. right wow wow man that's great information great information so it's the last and final question dr butts if there's one piece of advice one piece of advice for anyone who may be um, considering uh, whether they're pursuing a, even a different type of medical degree or even becoming wanting to become an eye doctor just like yourself. What's the piece, one piece of advice that you would give someone um, as it relates to our, uh, you know, going into that field? What is going to be that one piece of advice that you would give someone uh, to take home that you want to make sure that, Hey, if there's anything that you said in this, <laughs> remember this. I would say that becoming a doctor starts from day one. It starts from mindset through elementary school, through middle school, high school, all the way up. So, um, the work ethic and the principles you set, um, early on, um, are going to be essential in how you conduct yourself when you get to those higher level academic um, achievements that for, like you said earlier, are looked at or perceived as, as for the select few. Mm-hmm. Um, if you take on the, the charge to um, apply yourself at a younger age, um, then you 
possibly make things easier for yourself right. um, later on by the way that you've um, structured how you approach certain scenarios or certain experiences um, because it it shapes you or gives you a certain mold um, that makes you a little bit tougher to break down mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. if maybe something doesn't go just exactly as you expected. Right. Um, in my case, I, I had a very strong upbringing um, related to um, just education overall and, mm-hmm. and achieving academic excellence. Um, and because I had that set in, ingrained in me so early, um, it was something that just stuck with me. So mm-hmm. um, although high school or, or college, um, a lot of times um, people can feel like they don't really commit their full effort or don't mm-hmm. give everything they have. They can, um, in a way, coast through and, and do things the easy way. Uh-huh. Um, when you get to optometry school or a professional level school, um, that same coasting is is not going to live up to the to the <laughs> it's uh, not going to cut it <laughs> to the calling. Yeah, it's, it's gonna it's gonna cause you to fall way short. Um, right. And I, I've seen people, I've known people personally that um, in in medical school or optometry school um, did not live up to what was required of them, and either went on academic probation or had to drop out or were retained. Wow. Um, or wow. I should say detained from mm-hmm. uh, going to the next level. Um, and so the foundation really starts from adolescence, um, trying to make sure that you you take the right things um, as priority um, and continue to keep them as priority as you um, reach higher and higher levels of, of education and success um, and just remain humble and, and try mm-hmm. to um, allow yourself to just maximize on as much as you can and make yourself uh, multifactorial or multifaceted, I should say, not multifactorial right. mm-hmm. um, and, and versatile um, and not just being kind of a one trick pony where you only know how to do one thing or a few things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, expand your, your knowledge base, um, talk to people, reach out to those older than you that have, uh, professional experiences that can, um, teach you how to approach certain, uh, life demands or, um, even academic demands with, um, a greater sense of maturity to help you, um, become more successful in uh, in all of your academic uh, achievements or, or quests that you like to embark on. Right. Wow. Wow, man. That's that's some great advice, man. Great advice. And I think uh, anyone who's uh, watching or listening to this uh, would come away from this conversation with a better understanding of really what it takes. And just hearing your story and the ups and downs, I think would really um, relieve some people's uh, stress and provide a little more peace of mind as they uh, embark on a journey uh, just like the one that you have already completed uh, and are still on, <laughs> I should say. Right. Because the learning never <laughs> stops. The learning never right. stops. Right. So, Dr. Butts, thank you so much uh, for coming on and, you know, providing this information. And as I said earlier, you know, we target first generation, first year college students, but more specifically um, African-American students um, and want to show people and expose them to people just like yourself. And the information you gave was monumental. We do appreciate it. Want to say thank you for that. 
And you're very welcome. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Motivation, information, inspiration. It's the follow-up.